Hello and welcome to the Dr. Richard podcast, a show about health, well-being, fitness and humanity. I'm Dr. Richard Marks. Today I'm excited to welcome Neil Jones. How, how are you doing? You good? Great, thank you. You just made it here. <laughs> just made it. Just finished some rehearsals and then had a nice little walk down, so it's perfect. Yeah, it's beautiful here, like you said, the um, canals and everything. And you know, um, obviously, it's winter weather at the moment. But... I know, but I find the winter weather quite refreshing. So it's I, I actually like walking sometimes because normally we're in cars everywhere, and I'm like, no, no, no cancel my car. I'm just going to walk down. It's going to take about the same amount of time, but at least then it's refreshing to walk. Yeah, I think it's definitely good to walk and extra exercise get the fresh air you're right mm-hmm. so neil's a dancer and choreographer best known for being on strictly come dancing so how are you neil and tell me three things that make you smile oh <laughs> to put you on a spot here <laughs> um do you know what? actually this is kind of funny because we were just talking about this just before i left because of course week by week on strictly someone gets knocked out and it's quite hard because you get so emotionally attached to the whole situation, the person you're with, because you're with them 12 hours a day. Um, I remember when I danced with Alex Scott and we went quite far in the competition. We got knocked out and it was, you put it all on yourself. You were like, could I have done something better? You know, why, why didn't we go further? Um, and then I was talking to one of the pros and I just said to him, I went, remember one thing, we're not here to win the show. We're here to make people happy. And there's a lot of people, cost of living, it's winter, you know, people just want to smile and that's what we do. So I always say to myself, dancing is number one. Of like, course. We're here, we're here to entertain. Second thing, I just try to stay positive with everything. Every situation that happens, I say to myself, it happens for a reason. Mm. Um, so not to worry about it. We don't know why sometimes, but everything will come together. Um, that makes me smile a lot more because otherwise I don't know how I'd be if I didn't. Um, and third is my dogs. My dogs just nice. make me smile because that that energy of when you come home and they don't care about anything other than getting a walk and eating food and they want to just cuddle up to you. So they put the biggest smile on my face. So tell us about the dogs then. What type of dogs are they? What's their name? <laughs> uh, so I've now got three dogs. Wow. I had my uh, first dog, Crumble, which she's a cross. So she's a toy poodle shih tzu chihuahua. She's just, she looks like an Ewok. She's just black and fluffy. Fluffy. <laughs> um, I've had her now for 10 years um, and she's great. I've trained her from being a puppy. She listens to everything I say. Um, massive personality, but she's the boss. Um, then a couple of years ago, I rescued a dog. Uh, he came to me and his name was Tofu. So I changed it. His name's now Chorizo. <laughs> um, and he's, uh, again, a mix, Chihuahua and Jack Russell. Uh, and he just wants love. He, all he wants is love. He just wants to come up to you and cuddle into you the whole time. Uh, he doesn't do, he's fine with the other dogs, but he doesn't like some of, like other dogs around. So I always have to be wary of that. But he's brilliant. And he's five now. Wow. And then the last one is the newcomer, and that's uh, Zara. And uh, she's a Pomeranian and she's seven oh. months old and she's terrorizing the other two because <laughs> she's got so much energy. Of course. <laughs> yeah, well, that's brilliant. So uh, tell us about how we know each other. Obviously, we um, you've been seeing me to improve your teeth and smile. Um, I wanted to talk to you about how fitness is important in your life. Obviously, you talked a little bit about dancing, but do you incorporate more than that or is it mainly 
the dancing. <laughs> no, I'm, you know, now I'm 40 years old. Um, again, when it comes down to all the dancing, most dancers have retired already around about early 30s, mid 30s, they retire. I'm still going. And, um, and one of the main things is taking care of myself. So I like to get myself in the gym three to four days a week. Um, I never used to, but I'm really paying attention to what I eat right now. I'm trying to cook as much as I can um, and just being aware of what food intake um, and also water. I'm drinking a lot more water. And, and I think it's like I've said to you so many times when I'm coming in with my teeth, I was like, my downfall, because I don't smoke, I don't drink, my downfall has always been a sweet tooth. Um, and I'm lucky enough not having fillings, but it's just like being aware of that sweet tooth does not help. So I'm also trying my hardest to cut down on sugar, just take away all the colorings in food and that. Yeah, yeah. Well, we say, um, obviously, you need a little bit of sugar or glucose for energy anyway. Mm. So there is an amount that you do need. Um, but obviously, in terms of dental health and gum health, that sugar is the thing. And I think it's, as they say, it's more, you know, refined white sugar, yeah. boiled sweets, those kind of things, you know. Um, and um, But other natural sugars would be considered to be better, like, you know, honey or garnies yeah. and those those kind of things agave those you know more natural sugar oh i love honey i love and especially when it's really good honey as well i love it exactly so you can have that (laughs) (laughs) so um tell us about winning the british national championships how did that come about and that was obviously earlier in your career was that before strictly or during yeah no that was before strictly so um i've been dancing for around about 37 years now. Um, I was dancing with Katya Jones, who was on the show with me as well. So um, from the age, you know, when I started hitting 18, 19, I started doing better with my results. Um, And then I started dancing with Katya when I was 26. And the first year was was really good, Um, but we were third in the national championships. And I, f- I think it was like, we'd been dancing together about four months and then we came third and we were like, oh, okay, it's not too bad. A lot of people would be so excited with that. We were like, oh, it's average. <laughs> we need to improve on that. And then somehow internationally, we got a better result. And because our international result was better than our national, all of a sudden the national result changed. Ooh. And the following year we were the champions, we won. And after that, we, we continued winning um eight times in a row national championships so and then from that championships that's then when we moved on to uh strictly wow that's great great story yeah (laughs) (laughs) and um talk to me about nutrition and how you approach this obviously um you said a little bit about sugar but how do you what nutrition do you need for for your job and for dancing and how do you kind of approach that well it's it's like one of those things i said to you now where when you start getting older, like I said, at 40 years old, I, I was looking at myself thinking, okay, number one, I'm lucky I don't look like I'm 40, but my body feels like it's 40. <laughs> and I've got to start being more aware of what I'm eating, um, just in the way of fats, carbs, protein. Um, I like to work out. I want to improve my body. Um, and it's so easy when we're rehearsing 
we do have the sugary sweets because we sometimes we're like we need that extra energy of course so a lot of the times like i said i drink a lot more water um but then i started just looking into different drinks that i can start having i love tea but i'm not having my tea so much with like milk or sugar i'm actually just finding really nice tea leaves yes you know so it's more like natural yeah um which i love and then sometimes as well like before i would have like a red bull or something like this an energy drink and then i was like oh no i'm finding other versions of it which is helping with my carbs but it doesn't have so much sugar and it has more natural ingredients in and it's helping it's it's so much better so at the moment the main thing i do is i count a lot more my macros um and actually how many calories i'm having in a day checking my weight checking my body to see the difference and i see it so i i literally write down every single thing every day what i eat how much i'm having of something and then i i'm checking sleep patterns uh my energy levels i'm checking everything to see am i improving or am i getting le- less you know so i'm really watching over it a lot at the moment Good, good. That's good to hear. <laughs> and um, so you talked about dancing with Alex Scott. So tell us more about that. How was that experience? And, you know, you said you obviously got quite far in the competition. Mm. Alex is brilliant. Um, of course, I've heard of Alex before. I'd, I'd seen um, or when she was doing a punditry and stuff like this and also playing football. Um, but it was really great for me to be able to dance with Alex because I really got to know her. And... Um, the woman is incredible. She's out of this world. She works so hard. And I'm a lover of football. So all my friends will know, any of the fans will know, I'm a Liverpool supporter. I love watching football. I love going to the games. Um, and with Alex, it was brilliant because I started to understand football in a completely different way. Just how she would explain the process, how people would train, what they'd be doing. And it, it just blows my mind away. And, and the same with injuries and things like this. I got injured while I was dancing with Alex and I tore the muscle in my leg, in my calf. Now, normally that would be in eight weeks that I'd be out for. I wouldn't be able to dance. Um, just things from what Alex told me, what my physio was telling me to do. Um, I started working more with ice baths, things like this. I was back on the dance floor within two weeks. Now, I wasn't 100% healed, but it was enough for me at my level that I could do. Um, So that was brilliant. And it was a lot of things that she said to me. And just the general conversations, even today, like I I speak to Alex all the time. And I'm like, she brought out her book. And I'm just in awe with the woman because I just think she is, she's somebody that's really setting high standards. And she's someone to look up to, especially for a younger generation of not just like all humans, females, footballers, everything. She's someone to really look up to. And I think she's great at what she does. Mm. And what did she teach you then, the difference between training for football and training for dancing? What are the differences? Well, you know, there was there was different ways there, but because I was used to teaching in a certain way, um, how I would dance, how I'd go at things. And then we, you know, we count a lot when we're dancing. For Alex, she wasn't a dancer. Her body was only working in a certain way, which was a mechanical way, which is great. She had rhythm, incredible. The way she heard music was unbelievable because she loved music so much. Um, 
but we'd find certain things because she was a football player, her flexibility in certain ways wasn't enough. The posture that we had to work on. But as I was going through, it was almost that she was teaching me without teaching me. So while I'd be showing her to do something, I would then see the reaction from her to go, okay, that's not working now. Now I need to look at that in another way. Mm. And then it started changing the way I would look at dance. Mm. Um, with Alex, we didn't say numbers. We would go by sounds because I knew that she reacted more to the sound of music rather than as a dancer. We're like, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> didn't work. Didn't work. You know, so she'd be like, no, don't say the numbers. Can you tell me how to do this in this way? And that really, really helped. And just also in the way of warming up, um, it's crazy, but as Latin dancers, males, we don't stretch that much. Um, we do a little bit more with the top part of our body, but not the lower part of our bodies. And I've just learned how much that's really important. And she knew straight away when I was injured, she was just straight away to me like, no, 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 don't move, Neil. Don't move because you're going to make it worse. You need to stay still, get the physio to look at it. You know, and we went back and forth. So she knew what she was talking about as well. Yeah, obviously they want to get them on the pitch as quickly mm -hmm. as possible. Yeah. <laughs> back to the pitch. So what would you say to someone who was starting dancing? What would you say to someone who wanted to start dancing or wanted to teach their kids dancing? I Okay, so it's really funny. A few years back, I was in Cuba. Now, all Latin dancers dream about going to Cuba because for our cha-cha and our rumba, salsa, it's home. This is home for the dancers. Um, and what was incredible is when I was walking around the streets, uh, a lot of people said, oh, just go careful where you're going and all like that. But I'm always curious. I always, I don't want to go to the tourist spots. I want to go and see the actual culture. Um, and as I was walking around, I was noticing that every household, the doors were open and music was playing. And it was beautiful Latin music all percussion it, it was just incredible stuff that i hadn't heard before and um and then i was like thinking back to the uk and i was thinking what's normal for us is we sit at home watching tv we watch netflix we watch you know our favorite shows on a saturday night which is great but then i realized why is it that cubans are so musical and they feel the music and they can dance it's because they listen to music how we watch TV. Mm. And then someone was once asking me and they said the exact same question, like, what would you say to someone? Or if I wanted my child to start dancing, I said, first thing you've got to do at a young age, and this is from birth, play music, constantly play music around the house because it will stimulate them. And it's not about them being great first time. It's just uh, allowing them to hear music because the only way you can become musical is by listening to music. Mm -hmm. So the younger age we start listening to music and hearing it, we will have more rhythm. And that's what I'd say to everyone, anyone that wants to get into dancing. Don't try and be a per perfect dancer. Just listen to music and move to it. Use that at the beginning and then start taking more steps. And do you prefer the Latin dancing then to 
the other types or is it one type? Um, yeah, like it's one of your favourites. So we, we have the two, the Latin and the ballroom. And I love watching ballroom dancing because just the way people move together is brilliant. But Latin is my favourite. Passion. I, I just love it. I love commercial as well. I love street dance, mm. but I just, yeah, something about Latin when you see the two people moving together. And the rhythm. Uh, it's an Afro beats. Afro beats has become a new one that I, it's not new, but it is new to me. And I just, I love watching it. Just the rhythm in people's bodies is incredible. And they kind of feel the music from the floor. Yeah. And it's just a different way of listening to music. I'd love to just travel around the world and just, you know, learn all the different dance styles. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us about your tattoos. <laughs> I've got quite a few. Topic. <laughs> yes, you've got quite a few. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's kind of funny. Is there anything new? <laughs> um, I'm trying to think, actually. I think the newest ones I've got on me at the moment are most probably the ones on my knuckles. Mm. Um, I, I want to say I got my first tattoo when I was 30. And I've always been into art. I love all types of art. And and then I thought to myself, you know, I want to get a tattoo. So I got my first tattoo when I was 30 and that was on my back. And I went into the tattoo artist and this was when I was living in Hong Kong. And I kind of came in with a design and said, this is what I want. And it had meaning to me. Um, and I'd, I went to them because I liked their artwork. But they just copied my design. Mm put it on my back and I was loving it at the beginning. But then after a while, I, I was like, mm, I don't know if I'm into that tattoo anymore. And then I remember someone turned around to me and just saying, um, when you get a tattoo, always have meaning behind the tattoo. Because even if you get bored of looking at it, you will always think about what it means to you. And um, from that moment, I then started going to an artist, another artist in Hong Kong. And when you'd go in, you would basically say to them what the meaning was behind it. So the first one uh, they were doing, it was on my arm. And I said, I want this tattoo to, to remind me why I like to be creative. And I said, I love this quote. So I gave him a quote, which was to live a creative life. First, you must lose the fear of being wrong. So I love that quote. And I want something that shows movement, music, and an idea growing. That artist then designed the whole tattoo for me. I came back six months later and they said, there's the design. I was like, wow, it looks incredible. It, it was just so beautiful. And they were like, okay, how big would you like it? And I went, you're the designer, you're the art, you tell me. Like my body is your canvas, you tell me. So they were like, okay, well, we feel that this one should go over your shoulder and it should come down to your elbow and like half a sleeve. So I was like, okay, let's do it. I think it took about eight hours. Wow. I went back to that same artist while I was living in Hong Kong and they did three tattoos. So I've got two half sleeves from them and they did 60 hours on my back. Wow. Um, and then I came back to the UK, worked with some different artists. And every time there would be some meaning to me, something that would happen in my life, whether it was good or bad, I would then get a tattoo to remind myself about that situation. And, um, and I started loving it so much. And one of my friends is a tattoo artist, a really good one. His name's Claudio and he's got a place called um, 60 Inc. It's on uh, Denmark Street. So it's all above like the guitar stores and he's all about music and tattoos. And we were talking one day and he was like, you really like drawing, don't you? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, what do you do it on at the moment? I was like, on my iPad. He went, okay. He said, have you ever thought about tattoos? And I was like, well, actually, funny you say that. 
And I was like, I'm going to show you something. I pulled down my trousers. He was like, well, where's this going? I went, no, no, no. I've got some tattoos on my leg. And during lockdown, I had tattooed my own leg just using stick and poke. So you just got the needle, put it in the ink. So I did a few tattoos on one leg. And he was like, well, do you want me to teach you how to tattoo? I was like, yeah, I'd love that. So I started tattooing. And that was two years ago. Uh, I've got another tattoo on my leg at the moment. It hasn't been finished because while I'm dancing, you know, you need to make it sure that it heals. And with everything rubbing on your legs, I was like, I'll wait until after the season. Um, but yeah, I've, I've tattooed maybe 12, 15 people so far. And uh, it's just a little hobby for me, Exciting. but I love it. Love it. Uh, is one of them a tiger or wolf? Or... So on my back, I've got two wolves. Wolf. Yeah, and it's like an old uh, folk tale um, about just talking about these two wolves fighting with inside of us. And then the story is, it's like the grandchild asks, well, which wolf is winning? And then the granddad says, whichever one you feed. And I just love that because that's my mentor. Like where I just say, if you got to stay positive. And the only way you can stay positive is by feeding yourself positivity because you, there's enough people out there, social media everywhere that knock us down daily. So, you know, we've got to be our biggest cheerleaders. And if we can't do it for ourselves, who is going to do it? Definitely. That is true. So let's talk about your girlfriend, China Mills. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me about how you met her and how long have you been together? Um, so we've been, oh, we've been together about, um, let's think, I want to say maybe six months now. Um, so yeah, we, we, we were talking somehow, I can't remember how, but then we just met each other at an event, saw each other there. And then we were talking on that night and it literally just went on from that moment. It just, um, continued and we just kept meeting each other whenever we could. Of course I was working with Strictly, so it was kind of hard. Um, but she, the good thing is she was down in London a lot cause she's actually from Leeds um and yeah it's just been it's been one of the nicest things like she's such a great girl uh again positive she gets my humor i get her humor she can put me in my place um and that's what i love so it's yeah it's uh, it's a nice place to be right now definitely and uh, so you said about living in hong kong what mm. were you doing there so um it's it's one of those things that when we're competitive dancers Hong Kong is almost a hub because we a lot of the shows that we actually perform at are in China or in Japan. Um, so a lot of dancers choose to go to Hong Kong and we teach there, we do shows there. And um, yeah, I, I think I went there the first time when I was like 25 mm. and I ended up traveling. It was, I can't believe how I managed to do it, but I would travel between Hong Kong, London and LA once a month. So I'd work in Hong Kong, come back to the UK, do a bit of training, go to LA, work with my coaches, and then again, fly back to Hong Kong. And that was that was my procedure. Every (laughs) single month I do that. I got my air miles in. (laughs) It sounds like fun. (laughs) It was was fun and it was tiring at the same time. But I don't know, I managed to find a way not to have jet lag, maybe because I can sleep anywhere. Definitely. So I want to talk about you recently met Lewis Capaldi. (laughs) Oh, Lewis. Lewis is, well, these, you know, Strictly is this place that I absolutely love. I think it's eight years, nine years I've been around the show. Seven years as a pro, but I was there before as an assistant. Um, I get to work with some of the best choreographers in the world. The same, 
The dancers are incredible. We get to meet so many interesting celebrities, you know, that you, you've, like, I've watched most of them on TV growing up. Some are new, some are older, but like, you're just there and you're going, oh my God, I get to meet you now. This is, this is like the best thing ever. Lewis Capaldi, for me, he's just brilliant. I went to see, I want to say I went to see one of his concerts at the O2, um, past, like a few months back. And um, not just his singing, but his humour, him as a person, his personality. He was so entertaining and he's really refreshing because he's down to earth. It's almost that when you watch Lewis, it's like you're looking at a normal person. And I think that's so relatable. And um, yeah, he was performing at Strictly. Uh, Giovanni and Katia were dancing with him. So it was like having a mini concert because we're right there. We can be around him. And um, and then afterwards, um, yeah, I managed to get a picture with him, have a little talk with him. And I was just so excited. I just I think he's brilliant. Well, it's funny how he can be so funny and humorous and down to earth and, you know, and then he can sing with this, like, real emotion and, He's, you know, connect on another level. Yeah, and I, and I think it's like people like him, it's, you know, that's a good role model. That's for someone to look up to. That it's it's one of these things where you can just be a normal person. He's got a talent there. Yeah, his voice is incredible. And his music is beautiful to listen to, but he's a normal person. He's not trying to be difficult. He's not pushing people to the side. He's he's literally on that day, he gave time to everybody. If people wanted to speak to him, he gave time to you. And I think that's really important. Yeah, that makes a big difference. Mm. Is there anyone else that you've met who you think had a big effect on you? Um, again, another one, Ed Sheeran. Mm. I met Ed Sheeran once on Strictly. Um, and yeah, he, just the same. I remember when he was in between when they're performing, they're just waiting, you know, checking camera angles because when people are dancing and Ed just turned around to the audience and said, what song would you like me to sing for you right now while we're waiting? And people were shouting stuff out and he went, no, 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 no any song he's like it doesn't have to be my song if you want another song say it and it was almost like he was busking right there for us i had that moment and um also when i went to see one of the matches um i was uh, lucky enough to be in the tunnel and i'm a liverpool supporter and van dyke and salah came out and it was like i was just like looking at them and then there was a pr for i think that was a match against arsenal which we lost on that day but it didn't matter um and then they were like would you like a photo with them and then i was talking to van dyke because i can speak some dutch so we were like talking but i was just like this is brilliant this is literally the best day of my life right now yeah that's really great to see how interesting these people are that you've met and what effect they've had on you um so let's talk about your personal brand building um, well, it's, I think it's one of those, you know, personal brand building, like you hear it all the time, like big celebrities and things like this, but uh, it's one of those things where I've gone through certain things in life, um, through wanting to become a top competitor, uh, to moving on to the TV show and things like that. And I constantly look at who do I want to be? Who, how do I want people to see me and who I actually am? And as I've gone on, I've realized more and more that, you know, sometimes on social media, people say, you know, 
give them part of you, but not all of you. I've got to the theory of I'm just going to be me. I'm going to be 100% me, whether people like that or not. I'm not going to change that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sugarcoat things. I'm not going to be how people look at things and go, oh, that's the ideal personality or if you're in a relationship. Oh, look at them. It's the perfect relationship or the keeping up with the Joneses type of thing. I've gone, no, this is who I am. You know, this is, this is who I am. I make mistakes. Um, I can be happy. I can be down. And for me, I think that's really important. And the same way where I've got to that certain age, I've done certain things in my career and then I'm going through saying, I still don't feel like, well, even though I've retired from my competitive life, I haven't retired. I'm, I feel like I'm at the beginning of another life. So I'm also learning um, and growing and trying to understand things like with nutrition, with fitness. I'm at the beginning of it and I'm wanting to understand and I'm happy to make mistakes. And that's the way I kind of look at myself as a brand that I like things to be authentic and real and never perfect. I don't like, I never like the word perfect mm. because I feel like nothing in life is perfect. Yeah, I think that's really important to be authentic and true to yourself. Mm. So that also brings us on to our next um, question about what you would like for the future. Obviously, um, you know, we talked a little bit about some upcoming projects you've got, um, but what do you see in your future, you know, immediate and further in the future? What um, do you want? <laughs> well, this, this is the thing. I'm I'm a dancer by trade and love, but more than that, it's choreography. It's creative. I absolutely love it. Um, we talk about social media, and again, some people like social media, some people don't. What I absolutely love about it is it's the ability that we can be creative. Um, so if we've got, sometimes we're asked to advertise products, I'm never the type that just goes, okay, I'm just going to do a picture. You know, I'm, I'm always to them like, okay, I would prefer to do a video. And first of all, I want to make sure that I even know what the product is and do I even use it? Because for me, it doesn't matter how much money, I'm not going to push something unless I believe in it. Um, that's really important to me. And then the second side of it is I'm going, I want to be as creative with that as I can. But when somebody watches it, they're intrigued. They, they're like, oh my God, this is brilliant. I want to see this because you grow with that. You grow with a quality. And a lot of people that I follow, I follow them for the same reason because of that creativity. And I think long-term, I, I really, um, I really want to create more and more shows, whether it's immersive shows, um, small dance videos or tours. Um, and for me, it's, I don't do it because I'm going, oh, you know, this could be lucrative. I could make this amount of money from it. I think to myself, how can I be really creative? How can I push boundaries that people turn around and said, wow, we've never seen that. And especially from the Latin world, because commercially we've seen a lot. But I want to really show the world what Latin and ballroom dancers can actually do. And especially with storytelling. Mm. So it seems like you've got creativity, you know, inside and you've mm. just got to follow that passion and do something with and, it. And that is the key word, doing something. Yes. Because it's so easy to keep all those ideas or keep writing them about, down or keeping them in your head and going, I want to try this, I want to try that. But it's actually doing things. 
And like a lot of the stuff, what we all find, um, because I've put on a performance once before, it takes money. Money is one of the biggest things to put stuff on. And and they're the side of the things that I'm looking into new aspects because um, sometimes, you know, I've worked with producers where I've gone, okay, they're great, but I realize they're just wanting to make the money. And sometimes the concept and the idea or the story doesn't always go where you want it to go um, when you're doing your own ideas, um, when it involves a company that's paying for stuff and all like this. So when it's my own concepts, that's why in the past I've always tried to just think, okay, how can I fund this myself? How can I do that? So I can actually put my own story out there. And your name to it. Yeah, yeah. And that's and that's important. And you know, you sometimes see it, it's whether it's arts funding or through this or even creating your own communities that people that you know fan base that are really into what you're doing and they want to see more and sometimes that's the way around it absolutely well thank you so much for talking my pleasure to us. um it's great to hear about your dancing your dogs your tattoos <laughs> <laughs> and also being your authentic self and all the amazing people you've met who've inspired you so yeah. thank you so much and thank you guys for listening. Um, if you like today's show, please rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. All of news details and links are in the show notes. It was presented by me, Dr. Richard Marks. For more about me, I'm on at Dr. Underscore Richard Double Underscore or visit my website, www.drrichardlondon.com. This is a Pop People production. It was recorded at Spirit Land Studios and the music is by Delhi Music. And we will see you next time. <laughs>